Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the GovCon world, this podcast is for you. This episode is brought to you by the Skyway community. Personal memberships start at just $20 a month. Check it out at skywaymember.com. Our topic today is more about protests. Let's get started. We released a protest episode a few years ago. It was episode 161 called Should I Protest, where we talked about what timely means both pre- and post-award, timely with regard to your protest. That concept also came up in episode 275 when we were explaining the impact of a particular pre-award protest. So after promising to cover timeliness in two different episodes, in 161 and 275, it's time to finally cover what does timely mean in context of protests. First, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Eric Topp. He's the Managing Director and of Business Development and Capture Management at Crowley, which is a maritime energy and logistics solutions company in Jacksonville, Florida, although uh, Eric's actually in Richmond, Virginia. I want to thank Eric for liking and sharing our What is a Clin episode. That's one of our foundational concept episodes. It's actually one of the earliest ones, too, released several years ago, and it's still being listened to today because people like Eric are sharing it. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate it. All right, let's get back to what is a timely protest. I'll start with a little FAR time. FAR 33.101 defines protest, and it means a written objection by an interested party to any of the following. Number one, a solicitation or other request by an agency for offers for a contract for the procurement of property or services. Number two, the cancellation of the solicitation or that other request. Number three, the award or proposed award of a contract as a result of a solicitation. And number four, a termination or cancellation of an award of the contract. And that's it. Those are the four things that are effectively protestable, right? And regardless of the of which one of those four, the protest must be timely. I mean, there are no degrees of late. And you're either on time or you're not, right? And when you're untimely, the government effectively can ignore your protest. And that's how I looked at it. Oh, you're late. Sorry, moving on. As harsh as that may sound. Like I said, we covered protests in detail in earlier episodes, episode 23 and episode 161. I think episode 23 was what is a protest? Yes, that's way back in the day. Protests are also an active topic among our Skyway community members. We have training modules on them, and there is also a couple of threads about protests in the Ask a Contracting Officer forum. And if you're not a Skyway community member, understand that this podcast is just the tip of the iceberg and listen to the end of the episode to learn more about the community. Back to the FAR definitions, 33101 also defines what is a day. That's important because we'll be talking about the number of days that you have to actually protest. Per the FAR, day means a calendar day unless otherwise specified. In the computation of any period, number one, the day of the act, event, or default from which the designated period of time begins to run is not included. So if you say you have 10 days to protest, it's the day that you make the award announcement. Yeah, the thing that you're protesting happens. The thing that you're protesting plus 10 days. 
second part of the definition, in the computation of any period, the last day after the act, event, or default is included unless the last day is a Saturday, Sunday, or federal holiday. Which means if the 10th day after the act is a Saturday, Sunday, or federal holiday, it doesn't count. It shifts to the next Monday. So if the 10th day is the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, you actually have until Tuesday? That's what it says. Oh, it's not fun, but that's what that's what happens. It seems like they always happen. Or you're always doing that kind of stuff on a weekend or a holiday. Yeah, anyway. yeah it's true. Moving on, moving on. Back to back to our focus here. Timeliness. FAR 33.102E tells us what timely means depending on which phase of the process you're in. It says, protests based on alleged apparent improprieties in a solicitation shall be filed before bid opening or the closing date for receipt of proposals. You need to file a pre-award protest before the proposals are due, before the closing date. You have to make your claim. If, you're, if your issue is with something in the RFP or in the solicitation, you have to make that claim, make that, that argument, file that protest before proposals are due. Otherwise, you've basically accepted that whatever was in the RFP, I was okay with it. And I, I'm rambling here because I've run into this a lot. <laughs> the fights we have in debriefings are often about this very topic. I've told this story a couple times. My first source selection got protested. And it was it was for an aircraft, and it, it was it was about the range that the aircraft could fly. There's a requirement that the aircraft had to be able to fly a certain number of miles without refueling. The company that protested used one formula to calculate the range of their aircraft. When we evaluated their proposal, we used a different formula. The government used a different formula to calculate range. We told them in the RFP which formula we are going to use. Turns out their aircraft met the requirement using the formula that they used and did not meet the requirement, barely. Surprise. Using the formula that we told them we were going to use. They were non-responsive to the requirement and we could not award to them because they didn't meet the requirement. Someone else did meet that requirement. They protested and said, look, according to this and other widely used calculations, our aircraft meets this requirement. And our protest lawyer looked at all the data and said, while you're right, we told you exactly what we were going to use to calculate it up front. You are not timely because you didn't protest that before you submitted your proposals. Too late. I'm sorry. You lose. Yeah. And end of discussion. We had one that was as simple as, during the debriefing, he says, well, yeah, but you don't need five years of experience to do this. That may be true, but during the debriefing, it's too late because his argument was, well, we got people with two years of experience that we, that we offered. Well, we, our requirement was five years. You, you, it's, it's, it's really easy to slip into that and go, well, well, the industry standard, the industry standard may not match what's in the RFP. Yeah, <laughs> Be I'm, very I'm, careful. I might have changed it if you'd have brought that up back when the RFP was out. But now- That was kind of my answer. We're done. Yeah, right? now I can't help you. Yep. Okay, back to far stuff. We're, that's pre-award. Yes, that's just one half of the party. 33.102E also talks about post-award. It says, in all other cases, protests shall be filed no later than 10 days after the basis of the protest is known or should have been known, whichever is earlier. So after the proposals are submitted, if you have information 
that you now know this information, you have 10 days from when you knew it to submit a protest. If you don't, you will be deemed untimely. Now, there is an exception to this. Of course. The FAR also says the agency, for good cause shown, or where it determines that a protest raises issues significant to the agency's acquisition system, may consider the merits of any protest which is not timely filed. So it's not timely, but they can decide, yeah, I'm actually going to review this protest. I do not recommend using this as your fallback strategy. Because <laughs> uh, the way this is written is where it determines that a protest raises issues significant to the agency's acquisition system. Basically what they're saying is their whole system is messed up. That's what you're claiming. That is a huge lift. It's not going to be something about your particular opportunity. I've had source selections where we denied the protest several times, and they went back and actually invoked or attempted to invoke this because they didn't win the one contract I was on. And we're like, are you kidding me? You're saying our whole agency system is broken because you didn't win this? And you hear the tension in my voice because I'm like, this, this was a sore loser. <laughs> just, they just wanted to keep their, their, they just kept going back to the well. But this is a really hard one to win. They could also be saying, but it's a really good cause. Yeah, we're not timely, but it's a really good cause. And the FAR says for good cause shown, you can consider it. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to. <laughs> there you go. I could consider it and I'm choosing not to. Yeah, right. I can see this coming up where the agency decides that, hey, this contracting officer or this acquisition team really didn't follow the rules. Or they did follow the rules, but the rules are, are unclear so we should really consider this one and ch change things, fix things in, in the future, right? I could see where they might consider an untimely protest in this case, but man, that's a rare thing. We've actually helped two of our customers navigate something like you described, where their system was, I mean, it, I'll, be, I'll be blunt, it was corrupt. There, there, were, there were serious issues with how the team was, was uh, competing these contracts. We did agency protests and our, and, our, and our member actually won both of them. But my point is, they were both timely. If you see the problem and it's a big enough issue for you to protest, don't wait for this, this, oh, but I'm showing good cause on the 15th day. No, put it in before the 10th day and just avoid using this cause altogether. Just say. <laughs> All right, let's talk time zones. You might guess that what we're talking about occurs in the acquisition time zones. It could be as early as the market research zone where you're first getting information or, or draft RFPs are being released, that's the pre-award phase. The pre-award protest window closes at the beginning of the source selection zone when proposals are due or, or bids are open. And then we're also talking about the source selection zone because this is where debriefings occur and where that information is shared, where you learn information that may cause you to want to protest. That occurs during the source selection zone. And if you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, we cover those in episode number three. Yeah, and this is not execution time zone stuff. After after the contract starts, too late. Yeah, once once you're underway, you don't you shouldn't have anything to protest because <laughs> you're performing. Let's get specific for the government side. Why does the government care? Because I want to know that there's a limit to my risk <laughs> of protest. Right, the known or should have known means there's a clock on this. Right. This gets back to the timing of the known or should have known. Industry has 10 days from when they knew or should have known the information that they're protesting about. So government folks, be sure to provide prompt 
debriefings after you announce your award decision and notify the unsuccessful offers, notify those who lost, hey, you lost, be sure to debrief them promptly because that debrief is the primary source of of the known information that leads to protests. If they're going to protest, a lot of times it's because of something they learn during the debriefing. I think we have five episodes, including as recent as uh, 169, 177, about the protest and nuance of that. You're right. That's where a lot of the, I'm going to call it fodder, <laughs> but the, the, the ammunition that turns into things are going to, the ammunition that turns into what people are going to protest about. So that starts the protest clock. And that's why people are afraid of debriefings a lot of times. <laughs> that Government folks are afraid of debriefings, and that's why there's a lot of times lawyers involved in either the debrief preparation or actually sitting in on the debriefing. We've, we've talked about that, lawyering up debriefings in, in previous episodes. Yeah, well, one of the key things we do for customers is prepping them for debriefings because it, it can feel like a minefield. So having, you know, talking through it ahead of time, knowing what's coming from both sides, it's, it's cause you, like you said, that's where a lot of the things, the source of the known information comes from that event. That 10 day window where protests may occur, where, where you may get a protest on the government side, it's often referred to as the protest clock. And that clock starts when the last debriefing concludes, because that's the last time that the losing offers are getting new information. The last one got their information. Boom. Protest clock starts. 10 days later. A collective sigh of relief <laughs> right, comes the, across the acquisition team. The, the bell rings, whatever. I've seen it many times where there's there's a, a big mark on the calendar that says yeah, the pro- I was just gonna protest say. period is over. Protest clock yep. has expired here. And I've circled it on the calendar. Yeah, that's when life begins. Everybody kind of holds their breath. You don't really get started on your contract until that's over. Once it's over, you can safely move forward with your program. Jumping over to the industry side, why does industry care? Time is of the essence, to put you know legal lingo on it. Again, a protest has to be timely. There's no degree of late in protests. It's either on time or it's not, in which case they pretty much, like we talked about, once that date circled on the calendar, once they're past it, woohoo! Yep. If you miss the protest window, you miss your chance to protest. If you're just waiting for additional supporting information to make your protest even better, to, you know, provide more support, you might be waiting too long. And, and that happens a lot during the pre-award phase, during market research or during a draft RFP, where you think, this doesn't quite seem fair, but I'm going to wait until the next draft document is released, or I'm going to wait until the final RFP is released, yeah. right? There, you wait the for the final, but that same information was in the draft. You could be too late. Because if that information was in the draft and now it's in the final, you need to say something before you need to protest effectively. Although we don't encourage protesting, you need to communicate more. But th- your time to protest is going to be before you submit proposals. You can't shake this out afterwards. Like you talked about with, with uh, the, the range discussion on the aircraft. It's like yep. you, you can't just argue your way out of this afterwards. Yep. You knew or should have known this was a problem before your proposal was submitted. If you think something's not right, call it out now. And my PSA, my public service announcement, there are lots of ways you can call it out that are short of a protest. We're not making this story. We're not The story of this episode isn't to get you to do more protests. It's to get you to communicate and know where the line is. So government folks, 
we're not telling industry to make sure they're protesting, but they got to tell you, and you really should listen. Yeah. Because if you put them into a corner where the only thing they can do is protest, then you're going to get it right before the RFP closes. That's a point of the day right there. During the pre-award phase, communication lines are still mostly open, especially before that final RFP is released. Most of these types of issues can be solved through open communication, questions and answers back and forth then. If the government is not receptive to industry comments during that phase, like you said, there may be no other choice but to protest. And that gums up the works for everything. All right, let's not gum up the works by stretching this one out. Let's wrap it up. As a government folks, uh, there are few, very few source selections or, or even contract awards that are protest proof. So communication is, is critical to keep this from being the avenue that, that industry has to take. However, in the event that they do, timeliness is one of the ways the government is protected from a continual sour grapes. You can't just keep protesting and protesting and protesting after the 10 days is over. Right. Once that window closes, you can move on with life. There are no protests. There's no more chances for protests. Go forth and meet your mission requirements. Yeah, go forward instead of looking backward. Right. That's, that's what that feels like, is now I can look forward and execute a contract versus looking over my shoulder for what I may have screwed up along the way. Right. Like you said, it's people are mostly holding their breaths for 10 days. Oh, I hope we don't get a protest. I hope we don't get a protest. I hope we don't get a protest. <laughs> Breathe again. Industry folks, it doesn't matter whether your protest has merit or not. If it's not submitted in a timely manner, it very, very likely will not be considered. It's like a tax return. April 15th, it's due, right? That's, that's when it's due. On the 16th, it's, it's late. You're going to get fees and expenses. It changes, like the, the temperature changes <laughs> on the next day, unless it's a holiday or a Sunday. I get that, right? But on the 11th day, you're probably going to be out of luck. So plan accordingly. And, and again, let me foot stomp. The strategy is not to start with the protest. The strategy is to com get communication going, figuring out how to get the government folks to talk to you. Government folks, let them know that the protest isn't their only avenue. And I'm raising my hand because I think at my career, in my career at times as a contracting officer, I, I, I almost like double dog dare them to protest. <laughs> not, not on purpose. Imagine that. Kevin gets all flustered, gets all fired up and all combative <laughs> and dares contractors to protest. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say it that way, but I think my behavior <laughs> may have led them to realize that maybe this is the only way to actually get the information that we need. And so yeah. Yeah, you learn by doing. Who's the contracting officer for this one? Oh, it's Jans. We're going to have to protest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pre, pre grease the protest strategy. Okay. That wasn't really that bad, but yes, I in my early career, I was not as good at, at communicating and it's, it's difficult, but I want to make sure that, that the government folks understand that the more you communicate, the lower your likelihood of protests and they, they just gobble up time. So let's do what we can to avoid them. I love it. That's a great way to end this one. I'll talk to you soon, Kevin. All right. See you, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the resource for anyone at any stage of starting, running, or growing a business in the GovCon world. Personal memberships start at just $20 a month and give you access to all of our training and learning resources. Professional members get access to the Skyway team through the Ask a Contracting Officer forum, as well as access to all of our tools. And premium members get personalized consulting hours built right into their membership. 
Go to SkywayMember.com to learn how the Skyway community guides companies just like yours through the government acquisition maze. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, and we'll see you next week.